Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Mining Stock Daily with some intraday market commentary. Uh, throughout the board, precious metals are up slightly in the green. Uh, gold futures are up to $17.35. Uh, silver is up to $17.60 futures basis. Uh, the miners are in the red GDX, GDXJ, uh, down slightly. But the, this morning, I have asked Chris Temple of National Investor to join us once again. Uh, I wasn't at all planning on having Chris back on the show this week because I believe it was we just had you on last week, Chris. Uh, but uh, there's significant news out of the Federal Reserve yesterday that the Federal Reserve will buy up to $750 billion worth of corporate bonds. So we're going to get into the weeds about this and get your thoughts and analysis. But my first question for you, Chris, is after everything we have seen the last three months, is this at all surprising to you? Not exactly, Trevor. You know, first of all, we need to clarify that this was not a new lending facility or new tinkering technically that the Fed announced yesterday. But what was new about it was when they said that in the secondary market, rather than buying ETFs, so they're covering a broad swath of the markets, they're going to buy individual bonds. Well, who, who decides what they buy? Now, they laid out some general financial parameters as far as what is allowable. But this really, to me, and the part that is not surprising to me, this galvanizes what has gone on since this pandemic and self-inflicted strange depression started. And it's just like every other time there's been a crisis, financial or otherwise, Every other time there's been wholesale new interventions, whether fiscal on the part of the government or monetary on the part of the Fed, the end result always, every single time, is that rich get richer, the poor get poorer. The wealth continues to stratify. It rises to the top. The most able, the most politically connected, the systemically most important businesses, they get the help. Everybody else gets the crumbs. They're not bringing back small businesses. The, the one-time $1,200 stimulus checks they gave to Joe Sixpack and Sally Soccer Mom are a joke, but they will continue to pick and choose, mostly among the biggest companies, the biggest entities, who they're going to save and who is going to be cast adrift and hopefully have enough crumbs trickle down to them where that and nature helped them to succeed. And the really comical part of this, especially in the times in which we're in, Trevor, and I got to throw this in, we've got a whole society that is in the name calling. And especially these days, if somebody doesn't like how you look or what you say or position you take, you're a, you're a racist, you're a fascist, you're something or other. Folks, when you get done listening, go to your Google and look up the clinical economic definition of fascism. And what the Fed just announced yesterday is a little different than the way in which Hitler ran Germany, Franco ran Spain, or Mussolini ran Italy. Fascism as a part corporate and part government system, by definition, you have the government and corporations get together 
to figure out how they're going to run things and how they're going to divvy up the pie. And I defy you, if you get over the emotionalism and the wokeness that we're cursed with today in any public discourse, you tell me how what the Fed just announced it's adding to its repertoire, and now they're going to pick and choose winners and losers among corporations. Tell me how that's different than those systems of nearly a century ago. I, I tend to agree with you. And, and one of the recollections I was thinking about when you were talking about that, Chris, is back to last week during uh, Jerome Powell's presser, he was asked about what's the most significant thing the Federal Reserve has done for Main Street. And his reaction was, well, I think we've listened. So it's like, awesome. All right. Nothing tangible. You've listened. I mean, obviously, you did this kind of road show where you went around and, and had conversations with right. people. And we've mentioned that on the podcast from time to time. But but to yesterday was just another example of the Federal Reserve looking after the the, the top honchos and, corporate, and, and looking after corporate welfare and still will do exactly. nothing for main street and you t- and and you take this corporate this corporate bond purchasing program one day and then the next day you turn around and say retail price you know retail sales were up 17% more than double what was expected and you just can't make sense of it anymore other than the people at the top are doing everything that they can to keep a lid on whatever that is that they have and that they deem true. Am I wrong in thinking about that? Why am I so confused anymore? Well, look, you're not wrong. Uh, if I if I may give a plug to a, a mutual a colleague of ours, Tom Bodrovic's Palisade Radio, go to my website, nationalinvestor.com. A few weeks ago, I had a 45-minute discussion with him explaining the root cause of all of the stuff that we're seeing right now and how it was during the Volcker years that our entire economic and financial system were transformed into what we have today. And it, and it tells you the mathematic reasons why the system sees its way to only save the big cheeses, the big corporations, the banking system itself, because though he won't come out and admit it, to Jerome Powell and the, the banking system, they are the economy. That is the world in which we live, and we've lived in that world now for 40 years. I give a lot of history of, of how that came about and why. So it, 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 the, the title of it is about the inflation debate. But, you know, I, I just before you and I talked, Trevor, I was listening to uh, Powell's testimony, uh, of course, they're all doing it by video from their homes or offices or whatnot in front of the Senate Banking Committee. And especially when the Democrats ask questions, but it's not just them. You get the most inane, amateurish. It's like it's like the, the Special Olympics for, for mental acuity. It's just asinine, this questions. You know, the, the, it's all about, again, it's all about wokeness and pandering to groups, and it's as if, gee, if only we had one more uh, Fed regional president other than Mr. Bostic in Atlanta, who's an African-American, the system would help uh, African-Americans more. No, it wouldn't. You can put an African-American in charge of every single regional Federal Reserve Bank, and unless you get rid of the Fed 
lock, stock, and barrel and replace it with something that benefits people, you're not going to change a damn thing. But this is the kind of idiocy you get from the people who, in this day and age, are responsible for the Fed's very existence, that being Congress. And when they don't get it, when they have utterly no clue uh, as, as to why the rich get richer and poor get poor in the context of the very nature of our system, you're not going to change anything. So, you know, it, it's, it's the way the system works. It's the way it was designed to work. And, you know, I'm, I'm all for those who have said for years that the Fed should be abolished. We should not have a central bank when it is necessary in some respects, Trevor, and this part I agree with, that we have massive monetary stimulus of some kind in order to try and help the masses of the people, it should not be that we have to borrow that money into existence. We should do what others have done in the past. Of course, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln did it. Kennedy did it. Uh, we should have a system of social credit. We should not have a private banking concern that has its interests skewed to the rich and powerful calling the shots. This literally should be something that benefits people, but we're not going to get that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an idea that got posted online yesterday, and at first I had a good chuckle. <clears throat> but then actually I realized I was chuckling because I, it was a really honest question, and I thought I'd get your thoughts on this, and I don't mean this to be a joke, even though I'm sure I'm sure there there will be a little bit of a laugh. But the thought online was, if we can just continue to print money to support corporate welfare, what do you need my taxes for? Great, great question. Great, great point. You know why? Why should anybody be paying taxes? Why, when the Fed can create money out of thin air? to bail out uh, one company after another, one industry after another. Well, then where does it, where does it uh, come down? Why don't they have a, an effective banker's jubilee for all the rest of us too? Great question. I, and, and I would ask, I would pose the same question. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, it, it makes me shake my head. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I try to stay away from political stuff uh, in the commentary on my seat to, uh, but, uh, you know, I think it, it, the events of the recent couple of weeks have just really made me just kind of question um, the whole system and where it's heading. Uh, I, you know, the fact that yesterday's pr uh, purchase program uh, for, the, for the corporate bonds is actually more than all of what TARP ended up being during the Great Financial Recession 10 years ago. Well, look, let's not forget something too, Trevor, and I've, I've made this point a few times recently. I don't remember if you and I talked about this before or not. The godsend that this virus has been and the reason why there was this over-the-top reaction to it from governments that shut down the economy by and large and created the added justification for the Fed to do everything it did. This was this was needed. This had to happen. Our fractional reserve system and the debt structure was so stretched and so top-heavy that long before we heard about this Wuhan virus, it was in trouble. I mean, I've repeated many times. Don't forget, it was back in September when out of the blue... Jerome Powell told us he's shoveling hundreds of billions of dollars into the overnight repo market. 
uh, at the time it was to fix what he euphemistically called a plumbing problem. The same thing was happening elsewhere, more, most ominously, in both China and Hong Kong, both of which remain accidents waiting to happen financially still. And so when this virus came along, it gave the Fed the excuse to go way beyond anything that it ever even thought of doing. Back in the wake of the 2008 crisis, it had no choice but to do that. Had we not had this pandemic and it had been business as usual, we were cruising for an economic and financial market accident. Now the Fed, in its mind, has forestalled that because it has received carte blanche uh, to do just about anything it desires. Uh, and, and even for most of the Republicans I listened to this morning on the Senate Banking Committee, very little objection from all of these uh, alleged uh, paragons of virtue and fiscal responsibility. There's not much pushback even from them, for the most part, against stuff the Fed is doing where, they, where the Fed never would have got away with this. Uh, had we not had this justification. Well, that, that conversation might change if the Republicans lose the White House, right? <laughs> They'll go back to fiscal responsibility arguments. Well, you know what's laughable? <laughs> and, and look, I, I'm, I think you know me well enough to know I'm, I'm not partisan. I can, I can piss off Trump psychophants and people with Trump derangement syndrome with equal vigor. So I'm a scorekeeper. I, I deal with issues. And the hypocritical thing about these Republicans in the first place is that at least the Democrats, to some extent, are the tax and spend party. Mm -hmm. they, they, they want big government. They want all of this stuff. They want to raise taxes to pay for it. The Republicans are the borrow and spend party. You end up in the same place. And especially when you look at what the Fed is doing now and everything, whether it's, you know, and, and I'll talk about the president quickly. You know, he's, he, he was saying during the campaign season and Bernie Sanders was still in the Democrat primary, we're never going to have socialism in America. Oh, really? We're, we're never going to have central planning in America. Really? I mean, the free market received a mortal blow when it comes to price discovery and everything else in the wake of the 2008 crisis, now it's in the ground. Now it's essentially been buried uh, with what we have now. So I don't want to hear any Republicans tell me uh, that we have a free market system. Are there still evidences of it out there? Yes. Are there still good stories as an investor you can research? And if you're right, you're going to be rewarded? Yes. But that's that's the, the minority of, of this, the environment right now. We have a total command and control economy. And again, go back to your, your old textbooks, go to Google, go to Wikipedia, whatever, look up the clinical definition of fascism, and uh, you'll, you'll find that the people throwing that around today are correct that we have a fascist country, but totally wrong in how it's evidenced. I would be remiss if I didn't turn the conversation this morning with you, Chris, back to uh, precious metals. In miners, uh, obviously, this is mining stock daily. Uh, and just does this continue to make more bullish case for gold? Uh, and on in the turn, there is rumors that uh, President Trump is kind of thinking about a one trillion dollar infrastructure plan, which could also help the the metals and miners as well. I mean, does this really continue to strengthen the bull case for precious metals? Well, it continues to strengthen the bull case for gold, but you're you're correct in pointing out that it would be something the magnitude of an infrastructure program that would finally move the needle for most everything else, the base metals, silver, copper, and the rest of it. Copper's chart still stinks 
I mean, I'm sorry. Even after um, the the rally that we've seen in risk assets, you've got this massive overhead resistance in the 260 to 270 a pound area for copper. It still can't get above that because, and this is one of the things that that I think a lot of people understand, even if the Fed wants to dance around it, they can print all of this money that they want and 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 save corporate the corporate bond market and stocks and stuff like that. But as far as economic activity, nothing they're doing is going to move the needle very much for Main Street. Uh, Everybody makes a big deal out of this bigger rebound than expected retail sales. Industrial production numbers today were half of expectations. Statistics on shipping are still in the toilet. So, yeah, you've got a dead cap bounce in a lot of areas, but we are not getting back to the economy we had at the end of 2019 anytime soon. And I think most people know that. But what will move the needle, and this bears watching, is if the president and Congress do get together, this has been a non-starter so far for different reasons. But at some point, I do believe that we will see, probably not until after the election, but we will see a massive infrastructure program. There's a lot of reasons that we have to see that. There's a lot of reasons the Fed wants it. This is something that would finally trickle down and help a few more people who would be back to rebuilding roads and bridges, schools, 5G, whatever, instead of out of work or or working in lesser jobs now. It'll come at some point. But until it does, um, I just don't see the growth and demand drivers yet that are going to move the needle for much anything other than for gold. You're going to have some one-off things here and there. There was a big story. Uh, Tesla just made a deal with Glencore over cobalt. You're going to start seeing long-term deals on lithium supplies. Uranium is in a, a, a bull market ready to take off because if it's in own individual fundamentals. But broadly speaking, I think to have the broader universe of cyclical and industrial stocks and base metals uh, investable again, Trevor, it's going to take something like an infrastructure program that will finally focus all of this monetary tinkering on areas that will directly benefit them. Well, Chris, uh, as that news comes down the pipeline, we'll be sure to provide some more commentary on that and see what those metal charts do in response. Uh, but and I know it was kind of a, a quick request to get you on the show, so I appreciate the time you do give us, and, and thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week, Chris. And you too. It's Chris Temple of National Investor. You can go to his website, nationalinvestor.com.